one of our area hospitals said they had a need. They're running out of the uh, regular face masks, and they don't know when they would get more in. And so several people that work for Missouri Star uh, said, we can make them. And we started putting the word out, and it's now become pretty much a nationwide movement that uh, quilters and other seamstresses are uh, making these face masks. They're donating them locally to their hospitals. Our goal is that sometime by the middle of next week, nationwide will have made over 100 million face masks. And we're kind of happy that this has started in Hamilton. You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, community builder at Strong Towns, and I'm taking over the Strong Towns podcast this week to share on-the-ground stories from the final four communities in our Strongest Town competition, which includes Beloit, Wisconsin, Winona, Minnesota, Hamilton, Missouri, and Watertown, South Dakota, about how they've embraced Strong Towns principles to make their community stronger. In this episode, I chat with Bob and Krista of Hamilton, Missouri. Give it a listen, and if you're inspired by the steps Hamilton has taken to become more financially strong and resilient, visit strongtowns.org slash journal slash final dash four to submit your vote. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bob and Krista of Hamilton, Missouri. Bob, Krista, how are y'all today? We are doing great. Happy to hear it. Well, first of all, congratulations on Hamilton, Missouri advancing to the final four of the Strongest Town competition. I know I speak on behalf of the entire Strong Towns team and the rest of the Strong Towns movements when I say how much we really enjoyed over these past few weeks learning more about Hamilton, Missouri. Y'all got a really cool mix of things happening from a thriving Main Street to a bunch of great local homegrown businesses contributing to its vitality. So really look forward to spending this time learning more about you all, your community, and all the great steps you're taking to become a stronger community. To get us started, um, Bob and Krista, I would love to learn more about each of you. Would you mind introducing yourselves and sharing where you fit in the Hamilton community? You bet, Jacob. My name is Krista Horn, and I am our Hamilton Chamber of Commerce president uh, for the last year, and I've got another year to go. And I'm very excited to be a part of this awesome community, uh, both as a business owner and, of course, as this uh, chamber president. And I'm Bob. I'm retired. I'm the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce and vice president of another very active group, the Hamilton Community Alliance. I'm a relatively newcomer to Hamilton, having my wife and I moved here in uh, 2016. And from day one, we were accepted into the community like we had lived here forever and uh, have just been loving every minute of it ever since. I want to flash back a couple weeks whenever you all first submitted your application to participate in the Strongest Town competition. I'm curious, throughout the years that you've lived in Hamilton, contributed to this great community that you have, what have you observed over those years 
that inspired y'all to participate in this contest? I think our biggest asset in Hamilton is the people. And it is such a friendly, caring community. And people are always receptive to new ideas. Uh, They want to make things better in their community. And uh, a lot of it is, if you just ask me, I'll be glad to help. So it's up to us to get more people involved and people are responding. It's been, it's been great to be a part of this experience. I would love to start off by talking about these wonderful homegrown businesses in Hamilton, Missouri. I know there's several happening. You got the Missouri Star Quilt Company and several more. And just from reading the submissions that you had, looking at the photo essays, it's just been remarkable to see how these homegrown businesses have contributed to the community, not only through, of course, how financially productive they are, but also just the overall morale of the community and how they invite everyone to come participate in these places that they've built. I would love to start by maybe getting the backstory. What was behind some of the success of these homegrown businesses that have become so vital to Hamilton? There's a variety of reasons that we have been so successful with our homegrown businesses. First is, uh, well, Missouri Star Quilt Company. There's a lot of spinoffs in the quilting industry that can happen. The second is the high volume of tourists that come to Hamilton. And the third is the entrepreneurial spirit that people have here in town. And it's not just our business people, it's young people, it's older people, the whole community is getting involved. We also have an organization in this area called the North Central Missouri Business Facilitation. And what it is, is a group of people that uh, help entrepreneurs turn their business ideas into reality. And we have partnered with them and uh, have done some other things to bring resources together. And it has really, really, really worked. I would love to learn more about some of those new ideas that have started off as, you know, just maybe a germ of an idea in someone's mind in Hamilton and have turned into a reality. Could you give an example of, you know, maybe a community member in Hamilton who was maybe observing a need in the community, had an idea, and was able to find, you know, maybe those essential resources locally, whether it's through, you know, peers, neighbors, fellow colleagues, or maybe the example you gave, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, that helped transform these ideas into actual, actual products, actual services to serve the community. Do any examples come to mind? <laughs> it's kind of hard to pin one down. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We've got our list here. Um, in 2018, we opened 10 businesses. In 2019, 14 We've got seven that are either have just opened or going to open in the next couple of months. We've also had, uh, let's see, four businesses, five businesses that rather than let them close, we found other owners for. One that I can think of right off of the top of my head is our Country Charm RV Park. It was a gentleman whose family was from Hamilton. He was a paramedic in Oklahoma, retired. They decided to move back to Hamilton. The house that they bought had a lot of property with it. And as he looked around, he said, you know, we really need a place for RVs to park when the people come to town to visit that are right here in town. 
So he, without going into debt, uh, started developing his property into an RV park. He now has 14 sites available, and uh, during the summer months from March to November, he is full every single day. And working with him, other businesses have spun off from what he's doing. Uh, For example, right now, one of our new businesses that we hope to get open soon is a trolley business. Mm -hmm. And that's one of our local retired people uh, has made arrangements to purchase a trolley and will be running a trolley business to shuttle people and visitors around town so that uh, they don't have to be driving all over. Jacob, just if I can put a little thought on that also. I think the more people see things going on and they see maybe the local people adapting to the changes that are happening here with tourists and and all those things, I think they just get excited and they think, wow, what can I do? You know, obviously to help themselves, but also to make this place even better than it is. So I think just the excitement and um, electricity that comes from that, I think is where a lot of this comes from. Another quick example, um, we really try to involve our young people and high school kids. And back in December, I believe it was, we did a series of focus groups with uh, our high school juniors and seniors. And one of the questions we ask is what type of businesses would appeal to you that you would want to see in town? And one of the answers that came up quite frequently was like a nutritional juice uh, Herbalife business. And all of a sudden, the next thing we knew, a couple of our high school seniors decided rather than wait, they were going to open their own business. So a couple of weeks ago, they opened up their Main Street Nutrition and are selling nutrition shakes, teas, juices, and uh, they've got the support of the community to do it. And we're encouraging more of our kids to do things like that. Beautiful. Krista, I love this concept that you just shared about what you've observed, kind of like a ripple effect in Hamilton. You know, maybe once I see my neighbor step up and his or her idea can become a reality to contribute to the community, whether that's, you know, maybe a formal storefront or maybe they brainstorm some cool events or the example that Bob just shared, some students working together, they want to have a, you know, a health food store like storefront. They're able to make it happen in the community. I'm curious how you've observed that that ripple effect inspired others to continue to contribute to the community as well. Because I imagine in, you know, I've, I've never lived in a, in a town like Hamilton. It's what, a population of 1,200, 1,400. Is that correct? 18. 1,800. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so a small community. And I imagine for, you know, a lot of young folk, a lot of people that have big ideas and want to contribute to their communities, maybe their first thought is, you know, I I need to get out of this small town. Like I have to go to Columbia or I have to go to St. Louis to actually act on these ideas and contribute to a community. That's not the case in Hamilton. I'm curious, how have you observed this bottom-up approach to building communities, inspiring new businesses? How have you observed that ripple effect, help people have more community buy-in into what's actually happening in Hamilton? Well, I would say, you know, over the last few years, of course, the the quilt, you know, company came in and you see things that they've done and, and a few little spinoffs started. Well, you know, the longer that that progresses, you know, the more people just think, wow, what what's going on? What could I do? But I would say in the in the last year, for sure, we have seen 
I think the chamber has gotten a lot more involved in asking questions. And like, like Bob said, you know, we had a focus group with high school kids because we felt like they're, why are they leaving? Why wouldn't they want to stay here and, you know, raise their families like they were? So by, by just having that focus group, we had a business open, you know, and, and I think now those kids are going to see, wow, maybe I can do something different right here where I live. And, and like you said, I think just in this last year, like I said, it's just electric. Everything going on here is exciting. And most people are jumping right on that bandwagon with all of us. I love it. So from these stories that you've shared, Kristen and Bob, we know that there's great community buy-in, like the actual residents of Hamilton love where they live and are really excited to contribute in their own unique ways. But in addition to, you know, that great local engagement, I understand you have a quite very thriving tourist economy as well. Um, I think I read up to 100,000 annual visitors. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, most of those come to Hamilton to visit the 12 quilt shops of Missouri Star Quilt Company. We get people from all over the country and all over the world coming here to Hamilton. But some of our conversations that we have had is that we can't be reliant on the quilt company. So we are reaching out to do other things. Um, for example, Western Missouri is the migration trail for over 20 species of butterflies. And our city had 10 acres of land that used to be the old city dump that has set idle for several decades. And we come up with the idea of let's create a butterfly park and take advantage of that natural resource of butterflies. And so we have started work on a 10-acre butterfly park. We partnered with the Department of Conservation and several private foundations. We planted a six-and-a-half-acre wildflower meadow and are working on developing other flower beds that attract the pollinators. And we took that a step further, if I can add that. We partnered with uh, an organization called the Highway 13 Coalition, which runs the entire state of Missouri, north to south. And we are in the process of developing a 214-mile butterfly trail. And when this is finished in two to three years, this is going to be another major tourist attraction for our area. I love it. In the past, strong tense has been critical of cities that, you know, put too much of their weight and too much of their resources into a tourist destination. Because, you know, as we're seeing with the coronavirus today, it can be a pretty fragile approach to building successful places. As you know, you've mentioned in the past, we know we can't be completely reliant on the quilt industry to completely prop up Hamilton's economic development initiatives. But from the submissions that you've shared, I know this is an ongoing conversation internally about, you know, how can we equally prop up some of our local players and local organizations to contribute to the community as well? I'm curious, what has that, that one-two punch been like in Hamilton, if find, finding that balance routine, you know, still putting a lot of resources, a lot of care into these destinations that are huge for the tourist economy, yet simultaneously still ensuring that some of these local players still have the opportunity to, you know, contribute to the economy as well. I think part of it is the diversity that we're bringing in. Some of the other new businesses that we opened, uh, well, like one 
that pops right to mind is a yoga studio. And it's a service that's available for, uh, for anyone in the community. And just today they are starting to do online yoga classes for the people that are self-quarantined. And uh, there's just so many examples of that. We had a 110,000 square foot vacant industrial building. And uh, through some of our local and area realtors, we have uh, recruited a business called Grand River Mushroom that uh, grows organic mushrooms and distributes them to health food stores throughout the the Midwest. And I joke and say, this is a growing business. (laughs) They're adding employer employees and adding more customers. And that's just another example of how some local area people have stepped in and are diversifying our business community and our, our industries and jobs. Another example that really resonated with me. And I think you shared this via email, Bob, the Missouri Star Quilt Company has now started making cloth face masks. Is that correct? This is pretty much a volunteer effort within the community. One of our area hospitals said they had a need. They're running out of the uh, regular face masks, and they don't know when they would get more in. And so several people that work for Missouri Star uh, said, we can make them. And we started putting the word out, and it's now become pretty much a nationwide movement that uh, quilters and other seamstresses are uh, making these face masks. They're donating them locally to their hospitals. Our goal is that sometime by the middle of next week, nationwide will have made over 100 million face masks. And we're kind of happy that this has started in Hamilton. Jacob, it's so funny. Bob and I talked about that yesterday and, you know, shared it on our page and um, shared it on the chamber page, different things. Just I thought, well, that's a great idea for this. You know, we could do that locally. People think of us about fabric, of course. And then I, I get home last night. People from my old hometown, people from other states, people from everywhere were posting these face masks and thinking, wow, how can we help? It's just so funny how you know, everything just, like you said, it just is like a wildfire. You know, you get a great idea and it, they just run with it. So it's kind of kind of interesting how that just came out in 24 hours, you know. This is a fantastic idea with these cloth face masks. And it's really a great testament to, you know, what Strong Times we call a bottom-up revolution in the terms of a community like Hamilton that, you know, perhaps in the past has had to rely on you know, maybe state and federal funding for different kinds of initiatives. This is a great example of a local business identifying a very pressing need and one that's able to take immediate action to fill that gap. It's a really fantastic testament. Yep. And that's just coming from us local folks. You know, yeah. so that's what's so neat about it. Yeah, I love it. Bob and Krista, let's talk a little bit about the financial aspect in Hamilton, Missouri. You know, at Strong Towns, we talk a lot about positioning communities for long-term prosperity. You know, it's not exchanging burst of short-term growth for long-term liabilities that we may not be able to cover and pay for 30 years down the line. What is this conversation looking like internally in the community of Hamilton? We're really fortunate for a number of reasons. One, we have a city government 
that is taking a pay-as-you-go approach to everything. They are not willing to incur massive debt to fund things. And the people of the community know that and understand that. So everything that we do in our approach is that it's pay-as-you-go. A couple of examples, um, we have a new subdivision that we're going to start working on. And it's one where the developer is assuming all of the infrastructure costs. It won't cost the taxpayers a dime to make this uh, subdivision happen. But also at the same time, we're designing the subdivision so that the city's costs for eventually like snowplow maintenance, uh, things like that, are going to be covered by the property taxes that will be paid in the development. So in the long run, it's it won't cost the city anything, but yet it's something that we really need in the community. Another example is that uh, in helping our businesses and everything and with our pay-as-you-go approach, we're developing a series of private uh, foundations and trust funds and endowment funds that when someone has a business idea, um, we can pull together some resources to maybe help them, whether it's one of the foundations would guarantee a loan or uh, actually provide them a small working capital loan. Uh, it's a pay-as-you-go thing, and people are really responding to that. So with these new public-private partnerships that you've started to create, if I'm understanding this correctly, this would be an example where if someone wanted to start a new business or act on a new idea, they'd be able to access funding that was provided just on the local level as opposed to having to rely on you know, state and federal funding. Is that correct? That is. Um, we've worked hard to develop partnerships with a lot of state, federal, and regional agencies, um, SBA, USDA, things of that nature. But uh, our preference is to do it ourselves first before we start going out like our, our high school kids. Uh, they did it with the backing of the, their parents and a couple other investors and not go into debt to do it. Fantastic. Yeah, diversifying that revenue stream, whether it's from you know neighbors, local agencies, state, federal. That's fantastic, Bob. Well, thank you. And, and we're having fun. And a lot of this is a learn-as-you-go type thing. Sure. We don't have a formal plan saying you have to do step one, step two, step three. Everything is a little bit different, and we adapt and go with the flow And when we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's all we can ask of our communities these days. You know, I know often at Strong Towns, we, we try not to be prescriptive. You know, we don't think there's a five-step approach to building a Strong Towns. You know, there's not not a concrete guide that'll turn every community from, you know, maybe struggling financially to being financially resilient. But as you guys have demonstrated, Bob and Krista, I think it's just a matter of, you know, living on the community level, observing where my neighbors are struggling, observing gaps that we can maybe bring existing neighbors into the conversation to help build those gaps. Um, And like you said, Bob, just day at a time, Pay as you go. Let's still have some big dreams, but let's not discount the immediate action that we can take to actually achieve those dreams. And you guys have done a fantastic job of that so far. And I know here at Strong Tense, we're really excited to follow along. We really are. 
as we wrap up Bob and Krista, you've done a fantastic job of learning about all the great things that are happening in Hamilton, Missouri. Talked a little bit about the struggles that you guys have observed and how you hope to address those struggles long-term. I'm curious to hear from the two of you, you know, in these, these coming weeks, these coming months, as Hamilton continues to have active conversations about how to become more financially resilient, what do you want those next steps to be for the community towards meeting that goal of long-term prosperity? We have a lot of things planned and a lot of ideas. Um, we are dreamers. We're also doers. <laughs> and we're working very hard to turn dreams into reality. We have a list of over 20 to 25 projects that we had hoped to accomplish this summer. And we're still planning on doing a lot of that. And uh, our theme for this year is you got to believe. And people are buying into that. And uh, even with everything that's going on right now with the quarantines and everything else, people are still sharing ideas and going ahead with uh, the projects that they have signed up to work on. And it's like I say, you got to believe we have our ideas. We have the people that are ready to make things happen. And uh, we're going to do that. Beautiful. Nothing's going to stop us. If we have to have, you know, virtual meetings for the next month or so, we're still going to be dreaming. So nothing's going to stop us here. I don't doubt it. Well, Bob, Krista, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's really, again, just been such a joy to get to know the two of you and all the great things that are happening in Hamilton, Missouri. I know as we publish this podcast next week, our listeners will enjoy getting, you know, kind of the inside scoop and getting more of the backstory on, you know, why Hamilton is the great community it is today. Before we wrap up, I know we covered a lot of great stuff. Listeners will have a few other submissions that they can look back on to understand more about what's happening in Hamilton. Is there anywhere else that you'd recommend people visit online? Um, to maybe complement some of the info that you've shared over the past few weeks. We have our visitors website. It's www.visithamiltonmo.com. That's all one word. That tells a lot about of our local businesses. Of course, the Missouri Star Quilt Company website is a, a good one. Um, we're in the process of updating our uh, Hamilton Area Chamber of Commerce website. And uh, a lot of it is we have about a half a dozen different Facebook pages. We're <laughs> old fashioned in that regard that uh, people can get on Facebook and just follow a lot of what we're doing and get into our conversations. And, uh, and the best thing is when transportation and travel, we invite everyone to come to Hamilton to visit with us, uh, see what we're doing here in town, learn how we did it, and uh, we we welcome anyone to come visit. Beautiful. Bob, Krista, thank you again. This has been so much fun. I look forward to chatting again very soon. Thank you, Jacob. We sure appreciate the opportunity. Go Strong Towns. Thank you. Thanks, Jacob. Talk soon. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the story of the steps this community has taken to become more financially strong and resilient. Voting is now open to decide who will advance to the final round of the Strongest Town competition. You can submit your vote at strongtowns.org 
slash journal slash final four. And you have until Friday, March 27th at 12 p.m. Central Time to submit your vote. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk soon. Taking risk is a necessity to becoming rich. It's also a necessity to go bankrupt. Bill, 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 Bill. That's a story. They know that America's one big pothole right now. Just to echo what you said, there are no silver bullet solutions. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. The window is not always open, but if nobody's pushing, then once the window opens, there'll be no chance to go through. I like you. I like your vision of the the world. The United Nations Earth Summit. Agenda 21. Yeah.